0: welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating important or divisive HR topics that is making the headlines. I'm Sophie Parrott online editor at HR Grapevine and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most suppressing debates in HR within a short podcast so join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Hello and welcome to a special episode of HR Grapevine's weekly podcast hosted by myself, Daniel Cave, Head of Contents Across the Grapevine Portfolio in lieu of Sophie, who is off this week. So Sophie, if you're listening, I hope I don't break the podcast series which you've spent so long curating and affecting. Usually, if you're a regular podcast listener and with Sophie as host, you recognize that we do a quick-fire deep dive into a weekly HR news issue. This week, with so much change on the agenda, Boris announcing an enforced and reinvigorated tier system and an extended working-from-home push, as well as Rishi Sunak's spending review and renewed focus on jobs, we thought it would be the right time to bring a guest onto the show, someone who specializes in resilience and change, to share their insights into how HR can get this resilience and change-ready mindset into the function. James, or Jim Berry, is an assistant professor at the University College London School of Management. There, he is the founding director of the UCL MBA and a lecturer in organizational behavior, as well as being a member of Growth Enabler, which connects Fortune 500 companies. He has previously researched the impact of terrorism on business and has thoughts on how growth can happen in a remote setting, leadership and strategy within a crisis, and specifically how HR can plan for uncertainty. As he told me in a Zoom chat earlier this week, there have been so many changes that have happened over the last year, a lot of businesses have been caught flat-footed. So, with change looking like it's not quite off the agenda, He talks about how HR can ensure it's set up for success in such a volatile environment. In fact, now, with worries about change and uncertainty top of the CEO agenda, according to PwC's most recent CEO mindset survey, if HR can get ahead in this area, there is, as James described to me, both business and function opportunity. Luckily, we have the entirety of that Zoom chat Q&A coming right up right now. So without any further ado, we'll dive into James's thoughts on change, resilience and HR mindset, as he told me earlier this week, what it means for HR. So James, absolute pleasure to have you on Zoom for this week's podcast. Um, And it seems like we've timed it right too, uh, regards the uncertain situation which is about to be unveiled to us by Boris Johnson, as he's about to talk about some of the changes that will come in to England for, for work and travel and personal lives coming up to Christmas. So you're the right man for the right time, I guess, able to talk about uncertainty, change, business difficulties, and how to get the right mindset and skill set to tackle them. So obviously, this hasn't been the only change that business leaders uh, will be expecting in 2020. In fact, there's been quite a few. So could you tell us about something about your role or some things about your role rather as director of the UCL MBA and the insight it's given you into some of the key business concerns this year?
1: Yeah, so thanks, Dan. Um, uh, My role as the director of the UCL MBA, I'm actually the founding director. So we just started this MBA a little over a year ago and actually, it, w- it was very, very good timing, and I think relevant to uh, a number of other business leaders out there. We at the university looked out and, and were trying to understand what the future of education could be. And we had seen MOOCs come and go, those massively online courses. Um, and they didn't seem to deliver the kind of education that we had been looking for, and, and that, that depth of learning that you can get from peer-to-peer interaction. So we created a different model uh, that allowed for what we call uh, classroom-based, delivered online MBA. And this allows students to come together uh, for an hour and a half each week for, per module and actually have an in-depth discussion so they can get contextual-based knowledge. But this was something that we did as a university looking forward and saying, where are some of the disruptors that could come? Can we put something in place on a small basis? So the MBA is part of a much larger university, but we were really a pilot to see, could we deliver premium education in this modality? Not switching off and just doing a completely asynchronous thing, but, but can we, could we move the classroom to online and keep that interactivity? And actually, I think this is something, and I not just think, I know, talking with business leaders across the globe, it's so many changes have happened in this last year, and a lot of businesses were caught flat-footed about, you know, how could I have planned for something like this? And I think one of the, the lessons that's going to come out of this is that you do need to be looking down the road and, and and forward and saying, what could be coming that could disrupt our business? And how could we put something in place that in that moment's notice might be something to, to shore us up? The entire university has gone online, and the MBA program that we developed has actually helped the university make that transition in these times of crisis. So I don't think that would have happened had we not had COVID, but because we had that capability in-house, we were able to leverage that and move much quicker than some of our competitors. So some of the things, uh, key business concerns for me is nobody's really sure how we're going to come out of this. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, Boris talking about what the new rules are uh, the new rules aren't just in the UK, but they are across the globe. Many businesses span governmental boundaries. So one set of rules here in the UK might be very different than a set of rules in Europe, might be very different than a set of rules in the US or in Asia. Um, so really understanding that, that that what is the environment we're playing in, I think is going to be key. And what's the range of possibilities that's going to go in? We kind of knew we were going into a second lockdown. So businesses shouldn't have been too caught short on this one. Thank you very much, James. I like
0: there how, how you, and I think this will resonate with a lot of people in the business and HR community, that 2020 has been seen as both a threat to business as usual and sparking, um, I guess, future-looking uncertainty. Um, it's a bit of a segue, but I know you, you've written anti-terrorism textbooks before and charted some of the threats that businesses can, can face there. How does 2020, or looking back now, how did the last 11 months of 2020 Rank as a threat to business?
1: Yeah, uh, I think here in in Britain, 2020 is is probably seen as a greater threat than than what came out of 9 uh, 11. And I know we had a number of different terrorist incidents around that time frame, but I think 9 11 really changed the the terrorism ballpark. And I was working in the United States at that time, and that's that was the inflection point for us. Um, but when I look at 2020, we've got Brexit. We've got COVID and we've got things that have spun out of the, the COVID issue that are, are relevant. We have entire workforces working from home. We have a hospitality sector that's really trying to find its feet. Um, and through lockdowns, maybe, maybe regulatory dropped out and then brought back up. Um, so I think 2020 has been a year of, of much more uh, radical change than, than probably at any other time, uh, probably since World War II. Um, the changes come faster uh, and and has left us with more uncertainty than at any other time. Now, I will have to say, uh, uncertainty isn't always bad. If you look at, at economic growth, some of the greatest businesses, some of the greatest fortunes have been made in times of great uncertainty. There is high levels of opportunity for those willing to, to take chances and to uh, place Proper bets on what is going to come next. And from an HR perspective, you know, are are we gonna have people working in a hybrid model, coming to the office a couple of days a week? Are we gonna have everybody working from home? I think these are things that we really need to think about deeply and put plans in place for how we how we're gonna kinda come out of this. And I, I do think we are gonna be coming out of this and hopefully sooner rather than later.
0: So to talk about uncertainty in, in that positive light that you've, yeah. you've just said, this is part of uncertainty. It's not just bad, it can provide good as well. What is it that HR has to do here? Um, I'm probably thinking about the macro here, whether it's mindset yeah. or structural change, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, so, so whenever you're, you're in a situation of crisis, you, you have a worry that um, fear comes into play. And we know, so I'm, I'm a faculty member in, in organizational behavior. I study the psychology of management. And what we know about situations when there's high levels of uncertainty is, is it can induce fear. And, and what we know psychologically about fear is, is that it is actually cognitively limiting. It, it, can, it can cause you to kind of shut down your brain. So if you can mentally change that fear into excitement, around uh, really talking about where the opportunities are and understanding there are threats. But again, there are opportunities. So trying to moving that from fear to excitement. The other thing that HR leaders need to really fight against is this tunnel visioning. Whenever a, a crisis comes in, a lot of people tend to get that, that I'm only focusing on this one problem right now and particularly in a situation where there are multiple things changing at a time, if you only focus on one thing, you better worry because you might get hit in the side from something else. So you've got to really broaden out that perspective. And some of that is where are you getting your information sources? Most people, you know, get very narrow in that bit. You need to be broadening that out and figuring out where, what's coming next and looking around dramatically as to where you can get this. And last uh, tied to those two is in a crisis or under uncertainty, people tend to want to fortify their position. So let's let's reduce headcount. Let's let's pull as much capital as we can into the center part of the organization. Let's let's reduce our outsourcing. Let's, let's What that does is, yes, that may give you some some funds in order to 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 sustain yourself forward. But what it also does is it limits your ability to mobilize to be able to take advantage of opportunities that may come up. And to be able to shift maybe your business slightly in order to take advantage. A restaurant that only had in person dining is now doing takeaway, might need a very di- slightly different staff in order to handle that. Um, and so, so, those kind of things, uh, you want a more flexible staffing piece. So, from an HR perspective, you know, not giving into the fear. But, but, but really looking at it and saying, where are those opportunities? How can I get excited about business instead of just fearful about business? And then moving away from that tunnel vision and broadening out that view and pulling in information resources and fighting that, that, that tendency to want to fortify yourself. When you do that, you build these walls and the next cataclysm can cause them to fall down. You need to stay mobile. You need to stay flexible and nimble when, in terms of, of uncertainty. And that would be advice for HR leaders.
0: Brilliant. I I like how you charted there that there is a channel of fear that has definitely run through 2020. Although there is opportunity, although some firms have seen more dynamism, there is definitely a channel of fear too. Not just from staff who might be fearing that their um, job security, financial security is is a lot more precarious this year. Also from the leadership as well, who are fearful that maybe their strategy isn't right maybe their staff aren't doing the or, or embedding the things that they're trying to do this is now all happening remotely as well which can yeah. shoot up that anxiety right um, well
1: you, you bring up that strategy isn't right and i think that's an interesting piece because most companies would do an offsite and do three or four days of strategic planning every two years and they might look out five years now when you're in this situation of high uncertainty you need to be moving that much more rapidly That cycle needs to happen much quicker. Now, it doesn't mean you don't look out five years, but you might need to look out five years every week. So instead of having three or four days off site for a team to go through a five year strategy, you might need to every Friday have a one hour check in with a diverse team and say, hey, this is our current strategy. Is that still right? You know, do we need to adjust this? Do we need to maybe massage it and say, no, we need to go this direction? And I think from that organizational behavior perspective, that's one of those key things is that you need to mirror the speed inside your organization of nimbleness that is happening outside in the environment. And if the if the government's changing its rules every month, you might need to change your strategic direction at that that level. So,
0: so, so should this inflect the way that you're managing and engaging the workforce as well? Yeah. What you just talked about is is strategic. Is this exactly Absolutely. the same now for your people going down?
1: Absolutely, it, it is something that that it, that is really key. As an HR leader, you have you have a unique position within an organization as kind of a nexus of communication. You you have a view into the entire employee base, but you also hopefully have a voice at the senior leadership table and. Pulling both of those pieces, it's not just getting the right message from the top down. But in times of uncertainty, sometimes your distributed workforce is going to be having a much better view of what reality is because you have different viewpoints on a problem. And in in times of uncertainty, you want to look at problems from multiple viewpoints. So you need to be able to feed that information back up. Um, and so so really being that nexus of communication, I think, is really key for HR leaders and, and doing it actively, not passively.
0: Well, James, thank you very, very much for taking the time to speak to us this week. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you and to share some of your insights with our audience, too.
1: Yeah, no problem, Dan. It, it, it was great. And realistically, it's a tough time out there. I get you. But... Being pessimistic isn't going to help. Try to find the places where you can make moves and, and where you can take advantage. And I, I, think, I think that's a word I'd want to leave with your, with your listeners.
0: I hope you'll agree with me that that was absolutely fantastic. A massive thank you to James for his time this week. And if you did enjoy that, please do follow our podcast series on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast platform of choice. Every week, we deliver cutting edge insights from HR experts on the most pressing HR topics. Next week, we'll be back with your usual podcast serving.